0: Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to the Left of Greg podcast. I am Brian Marin, the host and creator of the show. As always, I will be joined by human behavior expert, Mr. Greg Williams, who the show is affectionately named after. Here on the Left of Greg show, our goal is to increase your advanced critical thinking ability through a better understanding of what we call human behavior pattern recognition and analysis. If you'd like to find out more about what that is, you can check out our website at ArcadiaCognorati.com or by following us on Facebook at HBPRA. Please help support the show by checking out our Patreon site where for just a few dollars you can have access to all kinds of episode extras, videos, and short tutorials that are updated weekly. Just click the link in the episode details that says support the show and we'll take you directly to that site. If you have any questions or would like us to cover a specific topic, please reach out to us at leftofgreg at gmail.com. On today's episode, Greg and I are discussing how our daily routines are both necessary for accomplishing our goals, but at the same time can cloud our judgment. We find it very interesting how people on both ends of the experience scale, meaning people with a very high level of experience, as well as people with a very low level of experience, can often fall victim to their own biases. Some of the examples we discuss include cat ladies, mountain climbers, outlaw motorcycle gangs, and conserving energy versus learning to adapt. During the recording of the show, Greg actually lost power at his home, so we had to regroup a few days later and finish the episode, but for the most part, it's a fairly seamless discussion. Don't forget to follow us on social media, and feel free to reach out to us with any questions. All the links are in the episode details. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show. I actually have my uh, shoveling
1: and plowing clothes on under this. That's why I look more bulky today. (laughs) I've Honestly, got three God. layers of down on underneath <laughs> that's why <laughs> some Brian sometimes it's
0: that <laughs> you should call this episode sometimes it's that that makes people angry all right Greg we'll go ahead and get started today it's uh if been we took kind of a week off there had a lot going on I had some stuff going on that that I was dealing with and we'll, we'll jump into that on another podcast hopefully uh but uh we're kind of kind of back at it again after this uh Long Labor Day weekend with a a, kind of unplanned trip right at the beginning. So Today, we are going to be discussing uh, in particularly your kind of your daily routine, right? So how routines and we always talk about setting patterns, but um, look at it from two sides of the same coin, because some of the same things that we do uh, in terms of setting patterns and developing a routine, which allows us to get a lot more done and maybe uh, keep going to the gym every day, those that same process can actually be very, very detrimental. So it's kind of our brain deciding, you know, do we conserve energy? energy and stay in this routine versus kind of getting outside of that, learning to adapt and learning to change, right? Because, you actually need both, right? So it's it's yeah. tough because we have to set patterns, we have to have a daily routine uh in order to accomplish more. But but man, does that really work against us sometimes? It works against us in a lot of ways when we talk about adaptation and change blindness and things that we no longer see or, or uh or hear or notice because we're stuck in that loop of that routine. But so so we need to do it, yet we need to push outside that routine at the same time. So that's kind of I guess uh the framing what we're going to talk about today did, did you want to add anything to that before we get into some of these examples? i'm excited by that
1: and and i think that's a great prospect so uh if i can give our audience something to to cogitate on Steinmetz, the idea is this if they've ever seen the the old uh, uh original blob uh horror film with uh, steve mcqueen you know i'm a fan of steve mcqueen yeah, yeah. and Annette that who, who went on to, to be in the andy griffith show by the way uh is andy's love interest for many years uh, uh, so what happened is as the blob is learning its environment, uh, it pushes out and, and it's like gelatin, it's like jello. It wasn't a really yeah. scary thing, no. uh, but it pushes out and it kind of rolls around in its environment. And uh, uh they hide uh, in a refrigerated area of a restaurant, and the blob actually comes under the door, conforms to the door, and pushes in. But when it hits the cold, it recedes in terror and moves back off in a different direction. There's a need in our brain to fashion our environment to suit us so we don't have to continue to burn calories. But that part, going out and checking out our environment, uh, burning those calories is, is essential for our growth. So we're, we're constantly in this back and forth pull. And so if, if our listeners or, 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 or readers or watchers, I, I guess lip readers, uh, <laughs> uh, if they want or like me, the closed caption at the bottom, if they want to uh, liken it to something, look up online what a record is. Uh, uh, a record as a groove. And that groove goes around and then the music is uh, hitting the stylus, but there's only one groove and no matter how big the record is, and it goes from the beginning to the end. That's the way your life would like to be in homeostasis because it's safer and we don't burn a lot of calories and all we do is eat and crap. But the other thing is like a dream catcher. And you've seen those uh, uh, native uh, uh, ornamental uh, yeah, dream catchers. And I've seen
0: the one you have tattooed on your lower back. You, you see that,
1: right, <laughs> by the unicorn. And, and the idea is that a uh, very important test came back. The idea <laughs> is, though, if we take a look at that dream catcher, Brian, every time that we reach a nexus in our life, there's different ways it can branch off, right? So, So the one side of the coin says, yeah the house is a lot better than you know there's a pool in the pond. I'd rather stay in the in the pool. Then the other part of that says, Listen, if I don't venture out, how am I going to learn? How am I going to adapt to this environment? How am I going to grow? So I think that's what we want to talk about today and and the funny thing is you brought up uh, uh an interesting thing about going to the gym and and we both just read an article uh, uh, about going to the gym Brian, so uh, would you like to share that or should I?
0: No, go, go ahead and give, bring, up the, bring up the gym article I, uh, uh, for the guy who met an o- unfortunate uh, early demise, so, I guess.
1: Well, you we don't think all the time. And, and I can't remember if that was the 2010 or 2015 uh, uh, doing the research on, on motorcycle uh, uh, clubs, MC. Uh, but this happened to be the outlaws. Uh, outlaws, nothing against me. I'm just reciting information. But uh, the outlaws uh, boss uh, who every day went to the gym. So good on him. Do you get what I'm trying to say? He had time away from the meth and the murders and the the (laughs) kidnapping to to actually ride to the gym. And the funny thing was that even the article uh, author and the other journalists that contributed said that he always parked in the same spot and he parked illegally. So I used to do that with my motorcycle. I used to pi- park in the bicycle parking area yeah. and technically, you know, it's uh, a bike. It was much closer to business. And I thought it was a bike and the cops didn't like me, but here, what happened is an assassin said, Hey, this guy's pretty tough. And I don't know how to approach it. So what did he do, Brian? He surveyed the motorcyclist and he saw that every morning at the same time, he went to the gym, he parked in the same spot. And he said, listen, He's going to have his head up his ass when he comes back to get on his motorcycle in this illegal spot. And certainly he did. He stepped out of the shadows and he caps the guy. What does that tell you? Your routines define you. So if somebody wants to profile you, all they have to do, Brian, is surveil you for, for a short period of time. And they'll come up with what's your most likely pattern. That's where the pattern comes in. Human behavior pattern recognition comes from us saying creatures of habit.
0: Right. So, so that goes into one we all fall into a routine like i kind of said at the beginning which is good and bad right we we yeah. need it to have both of these like you just said you know uh, uh the the cave you know i always go back to the cavemen because that's who who we all still are uh, it, we we haven't quite caught up to our the technology that we use yet but um but you, you know it's it's comfortable and safe environment inside yes. there. And I don't have to leave. Nothing's going to, it it's hard for something to come in here and get me. But at the same time, in order for my survival, in order to continue to adapt and learn and change, uh, I have to go outside and, and everyone falls in, I guess, uh, at a different point on the spectrum. But the, the idea is, you know, there's a, people who only just want to wander out and go outside the cave. And there's people who only want to stay inside the cave and not do anything. But you realistically you kind of have to do both and you have to sure. realize that they're both. Cause you brought up a, 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 you know, the story of the, the, the outlaws motorcycle gang leader, I guess, or one of their leaders uh, who is, who is, you know, he was targeted through his routine, right. that, that's, That's normal. We see for any targeting purposes, whether that's like military law enforcement or someone who wants to hurt you or do you harm, right? right? All they have to do is figure out what you do because we all set those patterns. It's, it's, it's impossible for us to constantly change every single thing that we do every single day. It it, it will eventually fall into some sort of pattern because our brain has to make order out of chaos and that's burning way too many calories doing that. Right. So, so that this is how, you know, we, we falls into, so, I want everyone to kind of just understand that, you know, you want a good understanding of both sides and, and where and how you can use them, right? Uh, where it can, where, where it'll be a bad thing to fall into a routine, but but also know how it can be a good thing to fall into a routine. Does that kind of make sense? Uh, of uh, you're spot
1: around? on, Brian. And, and, and here's the thing. L- let's c- stick with that two sides of the coin. So uh, if you study physics, you'll understand the conservation of energy and conservation of energy, what allows springs to work and mm-hmm. inclined planes and screws. Okay, it's, it's no different. You remember we had our arguments early on in, in, in combat. Hunter sometime and Marie would come up and say, yeah, but that, that's a different concept. That's math or physics. It doesn't matter. That's the way the world goes. So conservation of energy is absolutely essential. But then if we take a look at uh, sociological or psychological or even physiological, Brian, uh, myelin in the brain is what creates synapses and lubricates the connections right. so we can have a thought and make a motion, right? So, so what happens is uh, cortisol builds up when the anxiety of going outside and searching our environment, uh, uh, comes up as a topic and now myelin is, is inhibited and therefore we don't have critical thinking. So you see how dangerous that balance is. So, so I actually talk myself into not working out, not eating well, not getting out of the cave and, and, and that's dangerous too. So we have to balance routine, but not following a pattern. Does that make sense Uh, uh, with exploration, but not doing it to get ourselves killed? Look, babies do it all the time. And there's even a a medical uh, term called failure to thrive baby. So you see the one baby that's rolling around till it gets on its belly. Then it's crawling around and it looks like a little alien creature because they aren't sure which parts go with which. But then you have the other one that just kind of lays there and stares at the sun. And, and the balance is that mm-hmm. made the one, <laughs> exactly, where you're very young. That's why Brian's got such a good tan now, folks. Uh, he built it up those first nine years when he was in first grade. But the, uh, uh, the idea, though, Brian, think about it. If you don't, uh, you know the publisher perish, innovator stagnate. Where do those lines come from? They come from this. If you stay in that cave, you'll be completely safe. But guess what? You'll die
0: and nobody will ever know. They'll never be the wiser. No, and 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 that's good, and and this goes into uh, everything that we do. You know, a lot of people like uh, uh, posting. All right, so take social media for example. Take posting of people doing. Something stupid or seems obvious from from our perspective watching it. I know especially it happens with like, or, or people bash on someone like you watch like law enforcement videos or they're like, oh, look at this guy. It's like, hey man, that was his pattern. That was his routine. That was something that was had. So it's most likely some sort of training scar or some some, some, yep. some, some loop that was uh, closed in the wrong direction, right? It didn't lead to the right response at that given time. And it's important to to kind of understand that because we give a ton of examples because that goes into not just uh, our, our trained or program responses, but actually like you just brought up our, our critical thinking ability yes. and our dependent on or, or our our own biases kind of overtaking it. You brought up cortisol and dopamine, the electrochemical neurotransmitters that get involved in that, where you see. Very, very highly experienced people, like those explorers you talk about who definitely go outside the cave uh, mm-hmm. who have a ton of experience in it, know when to stop, uh, when to go home, when to hey let 's rest but but certain situations they don 't. I know the one we sent and, and there 's been books written about about all this stuff, but the one of the articles you talked about was the same thing we see this all the time with climbers, right uh, people climbing a mountain or a mountain face or or even right now in I see it a lot uh, there 's campers. Uh, uh, people out camping in California and probably Colorado as well, but people in California who are getting evacuated because of all these fires. Okay. One, it's fire season. Two, yep. these fires have been going on for quite a while. So, at what point? But you, so I'm sitting there. How are they evacuating so many campers? Uh, and, you know, you look at them, you see them on the news, and you go, hey, I can tell that by the way that person's dressed and their vehicle and all that stuff that they have, that this isn't likely their first time camping, meaning they didn't. They didn't just decide with, as a family to go out that weekend and had no training and no experience and all of a sudden, oh, wow, we didn't realize the fire would get to us and now we're cut off from our vehicle and need to be evacuated. These people were, they, that's what they do. That's their life. They, they live to go outside camping. So, so how is it that they can then also you know, fall into that trap and, and you know basically it, not heed any of their own internal warnings? so this is when we had some technical difficulties and greg lost power at his house in colorado so we were able to link back up a couple of days later and try to pick up the conversation pretty much where it left off do you want to start it off and pick it up yeah. kind of where we so left
1: brian, off, so. you, you, brian uh, uh, had a very great question i want to uh, uh tune back into the question the question was california wildfires it's wildfire season a lot of people were camping and many of the people getting evacuated were clearly campers. They had the gear. They had the equipment. They were experienced hikers and backpackers. How does that happen? Well, I would I would say this, Brian. I would say to our listeners, to our viewers, that we talk about being risk-averse. The more training and experience we have or the less training and experience we have, are almost equal. They're almost homeostasis and and they're two sides of the same coin. So this is what happens. You've heard of beginner's luck. Well, those terms aren't coined just out of the blue. Beginner's luck, some idiot wandered into the woods, never thinking it was going to be a fire, didn't have any water, anything else. Flash fire goes over him, everything. He walks out without eyebrows, but he's safe. Well, you also get those experienced vets that go in there. And what happens is the more experience they have, the less risk-averse they are. And I'll give you a perfect example. of this. you remember, a couple of years ago, there was that horrible series of videos that was on about a guy called Grizzly Man. He was going to schools. He spent his summers or winters or whatever it was in Alaska playing with grizzly bears, did a bunch of video footage, came back. And then sooner or later, he got mauled and eaten. And, and so did his girlfriend while they videotaped themselves. Treadwell. Yep. Tim yeah. Treadwell, Grizzly yeah. Man. Okay. So what what Treadwell's downfall was, and don't speak ill of the dead, because I'll be haunted anyway, but what, what his downfall is, is the same downfall of rafters, of those K2 mountain climbers you were talking about that are linked together, that fall together, the selfie people that fall over the edge. In Treadwell's case, he anthropomorphized a grizzly bear. So he looked at that grizzly bear and he said, okay, I survived the first encounter. Then he said, hey, I'm setting a pattern of surviving these encounters. A routine. So routinely, he saw these animals, got closer and closer to them, and they were fine. But you know, that animal's an animal, and it's a flipping grizzly bear. And the one day the animal decided that it would become an animal, and it ate his face while he was filming those things happen. Why do you think one of the things in the academy, Brian, when I'm teaching coppers is I got to fight them from typing up their affidavit for a warrant or their log sheet and saying, uh, on Tuesday, the 27th, while on routine patrol, there's nothing routine about it. There's no such thing as a routine traffic stop. So that's how I would answer the question that you post about the wildfires, about the people rafting or hiking. It gets more dangerous, but because it's incremental, Brian, They think they're prepared for it in their heart, in their mind. They go, we've trained for exactly this. Let's push the envelope.
0: Right. So that's a good point about how, you know, both ends of the spectrum can kind of fall into the same trap, right? If I don't know anything, right, I can get myself in over my head. And if I know so much that I can also get myself in over my head, great example with the bear um, you know, over time, the more times I get away with it, the more times I get away with it. Um, we see this in not just criminal behavior, but just normal behavior. You brought up the the beginner's luck comment is perfect. It's like you know, uh, me the first time I ever went to Vegas, I was you know I kept winning at blackjack. I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever, and then, and then, every, time the that, and then every time, every <laughs> time I won, like you know, at the you know, I won a good amount of money, and then the, the then the next time I went back, I, I lost everything that I'd won. But no, but yep. I, I, I think that's a that's a, a good way to look at it, for, and in, in especially in a very simple understanding way, okay? Because we always look at, well, how does this expert, how is someone who's been the world-renowned this, how can this, like, how did they yeah. fall into it? And it's actually... The better you get at it, sometimes the the more likely you are to fall into that trap, or or, or the worse you are at something. So it's almost like that middle ground where you're still questioning things, yep. where you're still questioning your ability and, and your capabilities. You 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 have a little bit of a um almost like a safety net in there, a buffer, something yep. that's going that. So so how do I then you know w- w- what do I do to maintain that right? How well, do I well, let me give you
1: let me give you an example of what you just said, and that was a brilliant way to tie all that together in one ball of yarn. So uh, this morning at at 530, power goes out at Rogue Manor West again. And folks, you're wondering about what happened on the part one of this broadcast. The first 19 minutes, everything was going good and the power went out again. We had a a severe uh, storm that's lasted now 72 hours with no signs of abating. Uh, uh, Huge winds, a lot of snowfall, everything else. And the power goes out. So we're ready for that, and we have Pioneer kits in the vehicles to be ready for that. Mm-hmm. We have extra water. We don't have a diesel generator. You already got firewood right inside right the house. Yeah, yeah. you, you got the firewood in the house. And you had the fire yeah. going uh, just for that contingency. But Shelly and I are so on routine, Brian – that when we woke up this morning, it was about 10 after four and started going around. I was down working out. She's getting ready. She's got all this stuff going. Then boom, all of a sudden, all the power is out. Well, you got to remember, we're a long way from town. And so it's still pitch dark outside. So now it's okay. Break out the lantern and the candles. Uh, start a fire in the fireplace. We were doing the routine. Yeah. So the electronic garage door doesn't open. So Shelly can't drive her vehicle to work. So I'm driving her to work. You know, all these things start going on. Well, we started picking at each other and picking at each other. And I'm going, Hey, why are we having this argument? And the argument was because I was already outside warming up the truck, ready to go at her six 30, you know, uh, uh, no later than time. And yeah. she's going, what if we wait five more minutes and see if the power comes on? And I go, damn woman, vile woman. <laughs> no, we're not going to wait. We're going to follow yeah. that routine. And as it happened at seven o'clock, the power comes on and all those efforts I did seemed like wasted energy. I could not use my critical thinking in that routine to think, Hey, maybe the power is going to come out. Why? Because it's such a random thing. Well, many things that kill us, Brian are completely random
0: events that we didn't plan for, or we overplanned for. Now, I, I, I think that's a, that's a good point, you know, and great example, kind of right in the middle of, <clears throat> of these moments that occur because, you know, they are, we, when you are, when you do have a planning process and you have them put in place and then the situation comes up, you automatically default to, all right, well, I got a plan for that, right? Yep. Which makes things easier. So that goes into the routine. So, so the balancing act, and, and I like how we call it the two, everything has two sides of the coin. So, sure. so the, so the routine and the patterns of behavior that we always discuss, and that's, that's what, what we do is, you know, it's a really, really good thing and it's also, a really, really bad thing, and it kind of exactly. kind of brings it back to it, it's almost um, how do I stay in that 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 middle area, right? You know, and that's that's with everything. So even when you say you know it's like a little bit of education is a dangerous thing. What they say is yes. all of a sudden you think you're an expert at a topic that you just learned about. You got the uh, you went through the eight hour course, and now you're an instructor in something, right? And that it's dangerous because one, it, it's just natural human behavior. Like we want to go, hey, cool, I learned this new skill set or I learned this new piece of information that not a lot of people know about, or maybe haven't heard about yet. And I, I, I won't feel compelled to tell everyone about it, or I want to share that with as many people as I know to show that, Hey, look at what I know. And, and I, this isn't a negative thing that this goes back to a lot of stuff, what gets shared on social media and different stuff. And Hey, did you hear about this? Did you hear that this happened? Right. And, And now we want to become that expert, but, but the, that little bit, actually can can be a dangerous thing because all you maybe did was scratch the surface of a very very complex nuanced topic and and, and you need to deep dive that further and and I think that 's when it comes down to then you get people that are so. Such an expert in their area or in their field, and and that then becomes almost that that uh, confirmation bias, right? Sets in the 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 our, all of our different biases, our the cognitive dissonance sets in. We just go, hey, this is all I see. The world through now is just this one thing, and we kind of forget that. Well, wait a minute, <laughs> there's all this other stuff out here. So I, how do we again? It kind of goes back to the. How do I manage that, right? If all these patterns are there to help for me survive, right, if I naturally want to set a pattern, um, then how do I not fall into creating too much of a pattern where now yes. it's actually detrimental to me?
1: Well, I, I think I have uh, uh, what we could uh, do uh, with the audience as a limited objective experiment. But but I would ha- have you indulge me for a second. Brian, what happens when uh, uh, Marines or soldiers – uh, come out of combat and they've been very kinetic. Sorry, Dale Die. Uh uh they've been very kinetic in combat. And uh uh and they buy a motorcycle. Uh, yeah, well, you that, give me just an yeah. example of what happened well, there and that's, then that's, ex- I want to dovetail.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. That's exactly what I thought of when you gave your last example of of that. All right, I buy a street bike or someone buys one, which is why I when I when I did that same exact thing that everyone else does, I I, I stuck to the Harley because you can only push it so far. So far, but, right? But uh no, you guys will come out, you buy that street bike, that racing bike, and you know, the if you again, you don't get any training on it, you just get on it and it's just someone shows you how to ride or you know, and everyone thinks they're an expert at everything. Thing, right. Um, and so what happens is yeah, you you start riding that thing, you hit a few turns, uh, you're getting a little bit more comfortable, you're building up your confidence, and all of a sudden you come into a turn and you think, oh crap, I'm going way too fast, and you lean hard, you lean hard, but you actually ride it out and make it through. So if that was at 40 miles an hour, well, now that's your threshold. Now, oh, I know I can do that. Hey, I just got all that dopamine, I get the adrenaline, all that stuff. So now the next time I go through that turn, well, I'm gonna push it a little bit more and then if i make it through i'm going to push it a little bit more and if i make it through i'm going to push it a little bit more but eventually eventually you're going to exceed your capabilities or the capabilities so, of whatever you're riding
1: right so answer the following questions do you feel that the skill increase is commensurate with the risk that's increasing and and i think you would agree that even though the person is getting incrementally better yes that the curve is much different the learning curve because yeah. you're assuming a lot more risk by going that much, even a mile an hour faster. So so
0: yeah, yeah. So I get I get what you're saying that because now you're kind of getting into the skill development. Well, the better I get technically, the more then I can push it. But eventually you hit that point of you're now pushing it at the same return. rate. Yeah, you're so you're you're pushing it at the same rate but your abilities aren't increasing at that same rate. Right. So, so now that curve starts to happen, right. Where, where you start to continually increasing, uh, you know, if you if that line yep. is going up on a 45 degree angle is as you push it, your abilities increase, eventually you keep pushing it, but your abilities flatten. Right. And then, and then you're looking at some sort of dangerous, uh, situation is going to occur. So let me compare it now. Okay.
1: That was a great assessment. Now you know that I I live up in the mountains and and uh, there's mountain passes from the east to the west and as a matter of fact that's why it's called the Continental Divide. Water runs either to the west or to the east, and so there's a bunch of passes that that are very close to Rogue Manor. I could point them out the window. And what happens is the people that were leading wagon trains from the East Coast uh, to the mid, mid, middle of the country to, to California, for for example, the Gold Rush, okay? What happened is they knew when they got to these certain passes, they weren't unknown. These aren't the first ones. These are now the pioneers, Brian, the, mm-hmm. the, the ones that are just taking the wagon trains through for money. All of a sudden, they get to this zone, and the leaves are off the aspen trees, and there's snow in the ground. They know that at this point, that bodes poorly for the progress they must make a camp, and that's why there's villages and cities there. And you can go up and down the Continental Divide from Mexico all the way to California yeah. and see evidence of those uh, uh, tribal encampments and where people had to stay and gear up because they had to wait it out because they knew if they went on they would die. Yet. You have the story of the Donner party where the guys were so experienced and they've done a lot of times and they had some inexperienced people and they go, yeah, but if we just make that next tree line, if we make it to there, it's all downhill from here, Brian, and we can push it. And that's what goes through your mind of that inexperienced motorcycle person that isn't skilled developed, that hasn't gone through the courses, that hasn't attained training. And what they're doing is they're going, hey, it's only a couple of miles an hour more. They right. don't understand that. Boom. All of a sudden what's happening is they just skewed the intended result. so if if and you ask for an answer and i'll give you a part of one and then i want you to to, to pile on uh uh scotty witt uh uh andy reese uh uh mescal uh, uh, mescal uh, yeah paladini Mc- and uh john mccaskill uh, john mccaskill and, and sorry about that johnny uh, uh but lack of water we just came off another zoom but, uh, these guys talk about being introspective, right? Right. You talk about uh, situation and situational awareness, uh, which is the same thing. They're talking right. about your Internal, personal awareness. Yep. So what's the matter with you that while you're on a motorcycle on Harley was a poor example, let's say you're on a Katana and yeah, you've got it yeah. wide open and woo, woo, you're in the red zone. You know what you need to do once in a while is give yourself the gift of time and distance and take that scenic overlook and let the bike cool down for a minute and step off the bike and do a quick 360 evaluation inside to outside, up and down, and go, wait a minute, am I processing this well? Brian, we've all undergone adversity. We've all got some form of PTSD or another. We all have anxiety about issues. If we step back and we take a look at the panacea of these issues, they don't look so insurmountable. But if we stay in that moment, I think that's where the, the danger exists. I think staying too close to the flame is when we risk being burned.
0: Yeah. And and there's, man, I mean, there's a lot written about that and, and that's, that's always the struggle, right? Of, of how far outside the cave do I push? Uh, because with more risk comes greater reward, right? Yes. But also more risk means you're more likely to to die, literally. More sometimes. flipping risk. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so I mean, so it's it's kind of finding that balance. And uh, you know, the the problem is is one that I always think you know it, the, the the older you are, generally the better you get at calculating that risk because you've have those file folders or experiences. So so the younger you are, it's actually especially I always go back to you know. Military guys or guys in their twenties when you you literally almost are bulletproof or as close yes. to it as you can i mean you're in the best shape of your life you're training all the time you're doing all this stuff so your idea of what risk is is so far past what you actually think it is, and and that's the 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 point of what is an actual calculated risk. Because how do I determine where I'm at on that line of being completely unprepared or or so experienced that I'm I'm going to not see the threat in front of me or not realize that that I'm getting myself into this situation? And you brought up it's kind of interesting. You went to. Um, uh, uh, Michelle Paladini and John McCaskill, they do a lot of the mindfulness stuff because that's introspective. And, and that is the hardest thing to do is, is taking a look at yourself in the mirror and going, hey, uh, is this really a good idea? Uh, is is right. this really something that I should be getting myself into? And you, know, the, and, and you see it, the, the bear attack is perfect. There's so much at play there where the guy who tra- or works with all those bears and lives with them and all that stuff. Yep. And then it's like no one's surprised that he was killed by a bear, yet Siegfried no one, said, yet no one okay. said anything when, exactly. when he was, everyone watched the show. But Siegfried we, and Roy, everybody showed yeah. up and ate popcorn all the way
1: until a ripped roy's arm off or whoever the, the hell uh whatever and they go wow who'd have expected that yeah it's a flipping lion it's a tiger and brian i think you you know and, and i'm going to mispronounce the hell out of this it, it's uh key and peel right the guys that we love great. watching I, I would say if, they,
0: if you their their take on human behavior is excellent they do they're such geniuses a great they, yeah. they, they, they
1: are doctors right yeah but but take them and i put uh uh scotty witt in that same band and the reason i bring that up brian is he's an actor but what does he do he peels the onion back to our insecurities and he shows us at our egotistical best doesn't he at our at our highest level of douchebaggery when everybody else around us sees the pothole we're about to trip in and doesn't tell us and and brian that goes back to the ego system we're walking along we trip on an uneven sidewalk and we go have that removed then we joke and we look around if nobody else was around we would have said mf Gosh, but because we're being watched now, we have this fragile ego system that we have to build up. Listen, when you fall into a routine, routine leads to suicide. Routine leads to anxiety. Why? I uh, 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 had a friend, a dear friend, they lost a cat. Uh, you're thinking, yeah, okay, they lost a cat. It's not a kid. Get a get, get a grip, right? Gross. Yeah. No, no, no. Not to in their that, life. Yeah. In that woman's life, that cat was her child, and she counted on it every day, coming home from work or leaving for work. Brian, that established the routine a adult that loses a child they had that routine you crave that routine why because myelin creates axons and dendrites in your brain that each time that that pattern re- re- returns you get a uh, uh, you know dopamine or you get cortisol or you get good drugs well, or bad drugs and, and we
0: crave those here's here's one of the things and we kind of brought it up uh actually i brought it up yesterday when we were talking to uh, uh dr carlos dr carlos vasquez uh yeah. shout out shout out to him on this one as well because great show, folks work with him um but you know you just brought it up how those routines happen and how we fall into them and being on that 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 loop right that pathway and getting that dopamine and mm-hmm. and the thing is about it is that you know if if i think i'm doing the right thing and I'm on that path to doing the right thing. Yes. I continually get that dopamine reward, which creates that pattern of behavior. Right, all that monetization, everything we always talk about, it, it reinforces it. But but here's the crazy part about that: is that even if I haven't gotten to my end goal yet, as long as I'm working towards that goal, I'll get that dopamine. Right, I'll get some of it. And and the the the, the you know the crazy part, what I'm getting at, is that it's it's a very subjective. Um, um way, meaning it's it's very subjective experience. Meaning, as long as I think I'm on the right path, I think I'm doing the right thing, I think that it is, I will get that dopamine. Regardless, I might be going the absolute exactly wrong direction, right. I might be doing the wrong thing, it might be horrible for my body, but if I believe it to be true, which is really powerful and when it gets into this stuff, because this is how we fall into that. It goes, no, That's- look, I've done this a hundred times before. Baby I know steps. what I'm doing. Yeah, and All I do is I walk through the, I'm going to do the same process because it's worked every time. And I forget that it is, it, since it's not as fresh as that first experience, that first time when, when we're all looking around, we had a, a great, um, a question come up on a recent webinar that kind of goes right into this. And someone was asking about their child and teaching them. Yes. And, how they develop and neuroplasticity and all that stuff. And and I I always give the examples when you see a kid looking around, they have to kind of look at something for a second, they tilt their head and it takes them longer. It's because they don't know what's going on. They're building file folders and experiences every single day. So the little stuff of walking to the car that we take for granted that your kid has to turn and look and wants to take a long time is because they're not used to taking that in every day. So it's all new. So they exactly. actually see taste, taste, <laughs> taste, touch, and smell. Me now. I'm doing, I know that previous call was a lot, but, uh, okay. uh, but, but, you know, that's all new. So they have to build those experiences and it has to get implanted, but we're so used to it. And this is kind of how he leads into why we don't see things coming, why we miss things, right? So we we have the tabula
1: rasa. We have that big white sheet, Brian, right? And with the child's eyes or a nuanced, a schema that we didn't expect, a a, a novel external arousal, right? We have tabula rasa. We have the white sheet that's up there. Mm -hmm. The most, the first example onto that white sheet, you know, is the most vivid example. And it's, wow. And look at that. And we think we'll never forget that. That's why uh, drugs rob our brain of their resources. So if I'm smoking the glass dick and I'm down there, you know, behind a dumpster, uh, uh, you know, basing the meth or or smoking, call that
0: my living room. But go on. Yeah,
1: exactly. exactly. As a matter of fact, we could show all the hobos that are sitting there. But the idea, Brian, is when we do that, that's so vivid that first experience. We want to chase that high. But guess what? Just like myelination moves us from our prefrontal cortex back to our amygdala, and there's no good rational thinking going on, no critical thinking. After we suck off that first uh, uh, crack rock, we go and we buy another one, and we're chasing that high, and it doesn't come. Why? Because those synapses are dead. And so now some new synapses, it wasn't quite the same, but I tell you what, if I really sucked on the pipe and I, I smoked a bigger dose, and then, Brian, the next thing I know, I'm hooked. And so That's how we get stupid too. We go out there and we do these things over and over and over in the behaviors. And we go, Hey, we're going to do a checklist. Look, you've seen the same thing because we fly a lot. You've seen that pilot walk around and he's got that little laminated checklist and he throws his jacket on and he has to do the little cup and check the oxygen level, then winglets and everything else. Brian, I'm hoping that guy doesn't want to turn that plane into a lawn dart But after he does that over and over, if he doesn't take a break and go
0: "Um," and get centered, he might make a mistake. But I think you actually, you kind of, you you brought up the perfect example of someone who's been doing that job and that routine over and over again for years, maybe decades, but guess what they do? They still have a piece of paper with a no crap checklist that they have to go through because everyone, because, because it's been proven that what over time, what happens? "Ah, I start to push it out. Don't worry about that. That guy, that guy or girl, that pilot, it's a great example. They likely know that checklist. They have it memorized. They could, they don't ever have to look at that piece of paper again because it's the same type of airframe that they're flying over and over day in, day out, but that's the whole purpose for it is to go through. It's to, it's it's an ego checklist as much as it is as a functional checklist sure. from the plane, right? Because that allows them that process to step through. And I, I think that's a good way to kind of uh, uh, deal with a lot of these situations, right? Or do that critical thinking in the moment of am I going too far? Is you know, we always say stop, look, listen, smell, right? It's a very simple thing to do in those situations yep. and go, all right. Yes, I've done this before, but. But what were those situations like? What, what, what was involved in those situations where I was successful before, right? Are those same things present here? Have I done everything in those? Uh, uh, are there other factors here that I haven't taken into Here's account? Right. On. That, that has, and because just that simple mental checklist, which we always talk about, right? Very simple mental checklist will stop me from now I'm going to go, hey, you know what? Yeah, I did hit that turn at 50 miles an hour. Yeah. But you know what? It was sunny and dry every time I did it. And you know what? That uh, morning marine layer out here was hanging around for a while. And that means the road's a little bit more slick. Maybe I back it off a little bit. You know, and, and, and something is, is you're, you're right you can on. do that. You can do that going 60 miles an hour on a bike. You know what I'm saying? Meaning it takes one second to go, oh yeah, that's right. Those situations were slightly different. Here's how they were Just because
1: different. I could, should I? That's the question that you well, really yeah. asked me. The most base question, Brian, is that you're saying, hey, I have to do quick calculus here. And you're exactly right. Everybody should stop and do that. Stop, look, listen, feel. That's a gift of time and distance. But we still are encouraged to make mistakes because of file folders that are corrupted. And, and I'll give you a, a quick one. Uh, Road BMX when I was young, loved enduro bikes. Uh, uh, I, I really could tear it up. My first bike that I bought that that uh was actually a brand new bike that I had saved up all my life uh uh for was a Suzuki G S five fifty, uh the fastest quarter mile motorcycle, uh, uh production motorcycle on the face of the planet. And then moving up to my next bike, you know, incrementally, right? Well, the problem was that I got caught outside of Colorado Springs. We were uh training at a place called Red Devil and I had my G S five fifty and we went up into a place called Garden of the Gods and repelled all oh, day yeah. long. Yeah, and it started snowing. There, and I right. don't even know if you could do that anymore. Anymore, right but it started snowing and everybody goes hey park your bike i'll give you a ride so as i'm putting it up on the center stand i go dude i've taken tougher shits than this <laughs> you'd see the ego walk yeah, in right yeah bitch slapped me into thinking that everything was okay and i tried to, to drive my gs 550 home after the third and thank god that i had a case guard after the third spill on on wet slushy icy roads with the temperature changing i pulled over and we didn't have cell phones back there i flagged down a car and said hey i'm an idiot Uh, Take me to the emergency room and then, you know, back to base. Brian, why do we do that? Well, we both know that Uh, you have uh, uh, adaptation and change blindness and they make us dumb because they take away those senses because we assume uh, 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 that that the that situation is going to be the same. We don't predict novel situations. No,
0: it's hilarious that you bring it up, and, and now we're on the on the motorcycle kick. But it reminded me of another motorcycle story. Me and my buddy, uh, I met him up in uh, uh, his wife had some work conference in San Francisco a few years ago, so I flew up there, met him, and we rented Harleys and rode through like Marin County and came back. Down. I mean, it's gorgeous. Yeah. It was so cool, right? But we go through some of the forest areas and it's tight turns, and then we're on the coast, so like you're really paying attention to what you're doing. And guess what? I ended up dumping the bike. You know where I dumped the bike? When we pulled into a gravel parking lot to stop for a minute and I just zigzagged one way too much and it just yep. literally just fell on its side. I was going like five miles an hour. It was nothing. And like I laughed because I was like, of course, after that, yep. that incredibly difficult journey. ride <laughs> where I should have dumped it, you know, yes. nope, I did it right here. And I think that's a that's a great example. But I kind of wanted you to elaborate a little bit because you used the term, you said corrupted file folder. So... For people kind of listening, kind of explain, because sometimes we don't always, we use that term file folders all the time. And so for people who kind of don't understand what we mean when we say corrupted file folders, or what do you mean by file folders?
1: So so I'll give you a perfect example of that. And you know me, I got to give a story. So this morning when the power was going out, uh, Shelly was making these muffins in the oven uh, for our breakfast this morning. Uh, So when I came back from my run and she was done getting ready, we would both have these cranberry orange, I think it is, I can still smell it in the house. So she put them in, and they weren't done when the power went out. So uh, yeah. she hoped yeah. beyond hope that the oven was hot enough hot to enough. keep the baking yeah. going. Yeah, but it was showing you know, signs it wasn't. And what did she want to do? She wanted to open that oven door to check on it, <laughs> which would have dropped that temperature. So now we were in a con- conundrum. And that reminded me of the story when we were all locked up outside of uh, Oceanside, and I was going, damn, I want a cake. And so I walked from our crappy hotel, that company back then didn't take good care of us. And I walked from my crappy hotel to that, uh, gas station. I think it was a Circle K. Is that the one, Brian? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, on, yeah. on the, on the uh, Pacific Coast Highway. We call and Special I walked in K there and I pushed the meth heads out of the way. Yeah. And, you know what I'm saying? I had to pay the hooker off. Uh, uh, and uh, that's when the the hookers come, Brian. <laughs> and I walked in a Circle K and I walked around because, again, we didn't have cell phones. And I'm thinking, how did Shelly bake them damn muffins? So I go, okay, well, there's sugar. And they didn't have, like, bags of sugar. They yeah, had, like, a, lot, a yeah, packet. So packet. I had a bunch of them, right? And then they had baking... Soda and baking powder. I didn't know the difference, so I took the wrong one. Uh, uh, then they had milk and eggs. So I got the smallest milk, and it happened to be a chocolate milk uh, because that, the date didn't expire. And, and I got eggs, and they had a four-pack of eggs were like 1995. <laughs> yeah. you get what I'm trying to say? And they'd been there since Grant took Richmond. So I took <laughs> all this shit back, and I saw the the crappy hotel that we had uh, only had a microwave. Well, microwaves generate heat. So I put all the stuff in the same bag, and I put them in the microwave, and I got a flipping hot mess, Brian. Why? Because Shelly followed file folders, recipe cards with very specific information on it. And she had experience and there was little marks where she erased and added in red pen. That's experience, tacit knowledge, experiential knowledge. She had the knowledge. What I did is I mimicked it. And when my card came up, I go, yeah, I know there's eggs and butter in there. Do you get what I'm trying to say? But I was playing fast and loose. So, Brian, mine was a corrupt file folder, just enough information to get me into trouble. Uh, you know, beginner's luck, I, I uh, uh, you know, put a Pop-Tart in a, a microwave once and it tasted pretty good. And I thought that I could do it the same way again. That adaptation of those poorly put together skills created the, the, the feeling that I could succeed when I really couldn't. And Brian, that'll get you killed. And and I hope everybody understands the analogy here is that if you're following uh, uh, limited information, then you're drawing unreasonable conclusions at the same rate that that person with that uncorrupted file folder is doing it perfectly.
0: No, I, I think I think that that that's a good explanation of of the file folders and how we create those in our mind. That you know, that's those 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 folds in our our gray matter, right? All, all that stuff, just those little little file folders and experiences are, are what they can are. I, can
1: I give you one more that I bet you and I have both done, Brian? And I've
0: both been divorced
1: a number of times. Okay, uh, <laughs> Not uh, from I, each and, other. <laughs> and Brian and I even hooked up one time, uh, which was which was good. Was uh, that's set episode three. What happens on the island? on the island. You know. Uh, but the idea is that, no, uh, uh, I, I remember, uh, after a couple of years being, uh, first of all, Shelly and I were together a long time without being married, but we were might as well have been. Yeah? yeah. And we only got married for like the paperwork and stuff. But I remember being at a situation and it came up again recently at this situation where I go, babe, do you remember when we did this? And she goes, wasn't me. No, nope. <laughs> Walked off and she was pissed. Well, the same thing happened just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, uh, my brother, Brian and, and his wife, Lynn, just celebrated their anniversary. And Brian, it was before all the concussion injuries and the closed head injuries. So Brian said, do you remember this? And I go, no. And he sent me a whole bunch of photos of me at their wedding. And Brian, I I never remembered it. And I go, "Shell, you wouldn't believe Brian sending me these wedding photos. And do you remember anything about that? She goes, no, asshole. We weren't married. And so she doesn't mean to to be that way. But guess what? My file folder goes for the cognitively close enough. I love her. So I paint her in to all the good file folders. And that's a corrupt file folder too.
0: No, I one first of all, I've learned my lesson. I've definitely done that before. It's like, yeah, remember yep. we went here, we had it. It's like, um, and I had McKaylee do the, that wasn't me. That must've been someone else. And I was like, Oh mm. man. So, so I immediately stopped. I stopped doing that. Oh, yeah, Cause I, I just go like, Oh yeah, man, I'm looking forward. I've never had, I've never gone to that restaurant before, man. I'd love to try that out. And she'll do the, no, remember so just, we went here last year, and I go, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. No, we did go there. I was thinking of something. Let her take lead. I don't no, yeah. I don't even say anything anymore because I know that there's a perfect example is so many corrupted file folders, especially like it's, you said, if it's a location or an event and you've been there over time. Or happiness go, or sadness. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever, whatever it is, you go, yeah, I mean, we were here, and then – they're no, 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 that, that wasn't me. And to you, you're going, no, it was you. I remember, I can picture it. I can tell you all about the day and what you were wearing in this. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that wasn't me. But that, that gets into the, the how we our, our memory, our own memory is horrible, right? I know everyone Just- wants to think it's great, but our own memory works against us and corrupts those file folders. It inserts information uh, where that didn't exist or it only has a certain amount, right? It, maybe, maybe it's got a 60% of... Uh, uh, um, clear picture of what event happened, but then when you want to recall it, well, you need to see 100%. You need the HD version. So what your brain will do is start implanting all that stuff into those memories. So now you're going off of, you're using a corrupt file to then base your uh, decisions off of, uh, of, of that hey, let's keep going in this storm. I think we can make it a little bit farther. Hey, let's keep going up this mountain. Hey, we're going to be not good here. here. That, that's exactly how it works. And that's just another issue of our our memory, not just our routines and our, our habits, our memory actually playing with it.
1: So so memory and ego, Brian, I would say, I, I remember being in Iraq and uh, the Marines in this one sector had this little, uh, uh, adobe is not the right term. It's a clot, you know, But yeah. but it looked like adobe walls. Then on the roof, they put a a layer of sandbags and had an aluminum folding chair. Okay. And that was the OP. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So then some other wise guy came in and he put some wood up on top of it and put a five eighths inch Marine ply, uh, but the same chair, you get what I'm trying to say. And then they added some sandbags to that and sandbags to that. And the tale of the tape, the, 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 true story, the sad story was that it collapsed in on those and, uh, injured a couple of Marines very seriously. Now, you don't think in a million years that those Marines were stupid and reckless. What happened is they kept building, and nobody ever sat back and said, hey, listen, a this yeah. might be – do you see what's happening? So, so that quantum leap of logic – can get us into mistakes too. We're so focused on the prize, Brian. We're so focused on the safety and security and being able to see that we didn't notice that that weight has exceeded the... So we make mistakes of math and of science and we Mm -hmm. make mistakes of perception all the time. So as humans, as long as we acknowledge that, that we could have made a mistake and step back. Like even in an argument, you know, when when I get in an argument, I'm right. right? Might as well, you you get what I'm trying to say That, uh, And so Shelly and I, bam, bam, like the Rams that you see coming up. And (laughs) uh, (laughs) I uh, I want to step back and go, hey, maybe you're just being a douchebag about this, but it's hard. I would say that that's the first rule that we have to learn. You you, you say this all the time and I, I love it. You give the people a challenge. Take your phone and put it in a drawer and walk away for an hour. You know, <laughs> nobody spells. can do that. Then and creep. you say do it for a day, right? I would say, give yourself the gift of time and distance. Whenever you think you've fallen into a routine, take a step back and measure those corners. Take a look at that dialogue, you know, look, refer to your check in the box guy. That's going to make you smarter and it's going to make you safer and things aren't going to slip by. I, I I truly believe that.
0: No, and, and that's that's uh, kind of why I brought up that in the moment, you know, motorcycle example, because this is all stuff you can do in the moment. And that's what I yes. like, the, the practical, you know, takeaways. It's like, okay, great. All of these things occur. My memory is horrible. I have these corrupt biofolders you're talking about. Hey, my experience in this might actually lead to my, my downfall. So what the hell am I supposed to do? And exactly what you said is just run through that and go... As soon as they go, oh well, I've seen this before. I know what to do in this situation. All it takes sometimes is that quarter second, half second, one oh, sorry, second sorry. to go. Wait a minute, maybe maybe this maybe this isn't the same exact situation. And I, I we call that the, the tac- tactical patience. But but I mean, it's and, really and calling just,
1: your, your own tact freeze. You're exactly yeah. right, Brian. Do you think history? has ever come to the point of this discussion we're having today. I, well, I would say uh, likely. No, no, no. <laughs> I think it's highly unlikely. <laughs> a, we just with <laughs> We should copyright this. <laughs> yeah. but, but think about uh, uh, stop and smell the coffee. You've heard that term. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's what they're talking about. Before uh, coffee was found, uh, it was stop and smell the roses. Yep. Uh, a rose by any other name is just as sweet. We could go back to the etymology and pull out all these examples where people said, take that pause for a second and take a look around and assess. Because if we don't, Brian, not only are we going to miss the beauty of the moment and everything else, but it's just like conversation. We spend so much time preparing to fill in the dead air after that talking head stops, rather than stopping and effectively listening to people. So that's another routine that we have to break. The, The routine should be set down all my stuff, listen to what the person's saying, and then think for a minute and answer we don't do that enough
0: so that that's the that goes into kind of actually what you brought up earlier with the mindfulness stuff that that john mccaskill michelle and all those folks do is that that's the the routine of you actually can build in a routine of stopping to smell the roses not exactly not just stopping to smell the cocaine you know what i mean you're 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 actually in the moment of stopping and funny you should say that sigmund
1: that's really great
0: what (laughs) what is is, (laughs) psychology today (laughs) the f- the famous line what is it the, how do you say it? when i see a random line say no thank you i'm fine right that's, that's the, it, that's it. That's but it. but no that that's going 11 a, 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 exactly what uh, what um what what we're what we're talking about of of exercising that tactical patience and what those mindfulness folks do and that's how introspective it's literally stopping and for 5 minutes going all right, what do I need to do? What do I need to think about? Man, that resets that brain. It resets your, your, your way of your critical thinking of you now taking in everything around, but uh, we have to train to do that, right? That was the whole military thing is a, you get inserted on a patrol and you would, first thing you do is sills, stop, look, listen, smell. You literally sit there and do nothing for sometimes 45 minutes to an hour. Just to see if anyone's around in the area, what happened, what shift happened, occurred, yep. what, what, what To you really assimilate yourself into that environment? Now, you, you don't necessarily have an hour to sit around and figure out what's going no, on. And, it, and, it and the better an you hour. get, guess
1: what? You can compress yeah. time, right? Yeah. Okay. So I'm on the third reading of Andy Brown's book. I, and, and folks, if you know the answer to this, tell Marin, Marin will tell me. So I was getting free Kindle books for the longest time and I'm reading Kindle books and I read like nine books a week and got them all over the house and everything. And now I can't get the free one and it wants me to spend 1499 a month. So now I'm just looking at the, the, City as I'm running and I can't do that, yeah. so I got Andy Brown's book and I got it all uh, dog-eared and everything. So I'm at the section where Dean Melberg is walking through shooting people like it's a contest. This is and at the Fairchild Fair Air Force Base. Yeah. And Andy
0: Brown is the guy who stopped the shooter. Just everyone just listening right now. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah
1: uh, great, great book. Please look it up and and uh, shout out to Andy. Uh, so Brian, uh, every single person and you know how detailed Andy Brown is in in, in keep going through his interviews. Every single person said, I thought I saw a car backfire. I thought I heard a car backfire. Yep. I thought it was the locker door slamming. I thought it was fireworks. That's a corrupt file folder. That's cognitively close enough. That's our brain going into den- denial. If we already have those just those three, Brian, if we have those three things competing with us, now our amygdala is, is trying to drain the prefrontal cortex so it can go into fight or flight. And we have the catecholamine dump. And we now have all, you see all the stuff. Life is complicated. Uh, it wasn't as complicated when all we had to do is, is, uh, think of and, Mukhtar and I had to go out and wrestle a badger into the cave and eat it. So what happens is if we don't take time, to back up and slow down and take a look at the stuff that's around us to resort to the routine, we could be inhibited in in our decision-making. And if we too much rely on a routine, then life is not going to be fun and exciting. And we may fall into that rut, that, 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 uh, uh, groove on the record. No. And and this is
0: part of the science that we kind of get into when we teach Greg. And speaking of, you know, if anyone who, who, we always, we, we generally sometimes talk about things like, you know, game theory and M theory and, and, and all of this. And speaking of, as we're talking about Andy Brown is guess who just popped up is watching us on Facebook live is super Andy. string, baby, super string string theory theory. right there uh, uh, in action. He just popped up with thanks. I was like, Oh, there's Andy. But uh, that was really cool. I kind of, but think of that, where I was going it, with Well, but... that's absolutely so cool.
1: And we love Andy. Everybody go on and buy his book. But, but, uh, Brian, the second half of that book, which is interwoven, so it's, it's uh, every other chapter, basically, uh, the B-52 pilot, listen, that guy knew a routine, and he kept pushing the envelope, kept pushing the envelope, and got to the point where his adaptation and change blindness actually fought against him, to the point that he thought he could do a loop in a B-52 and and burned in and killed himself and a bunch of other people. What we don't want, Brian— is we don't, uh, uh, come upon these things without a plan. And that's where training really changes the behavior. Education is good. You can read about it, but training for an event makes your mind more agile and more adept at these new and novel situations that come in.
0: No. And that's, um, I mean, that, that's kind of what, what we harp on all the time. And, and I think sometimes, um, we don't, you know, people can overthink it too. Uh, meaning um, when it comes to, you know, we always say training and what you have to do, but but a mental rehearsal can be a form of training. That's what we're talking yes. about right now. That that whole mindfulness stuff is literally a mental rehearsal to remember, hey, things are, you know, hey, let's let's be positive about my interactions throughout today. Hey, let's not uh, uh, just jump into something. Hey, let's take a moment to think. That's just your brain will fall into that. And that's why I always take it down to, in the moment, no matter how chaotic that is, it's, it's about being in that moment and going, yes, I've done this a thousand times before because even it was powerful when we talked about and, and folks, it'll will, if you're listening or watching along, um, just follow along. There'll be more announcements. We did that uh, video breakdown with Dr. Carlos uh, Vasquez uh, the other day for his show. And it kind of brought up a a really, really great point of what, you know, this police officer who pulled someone over and he had almost got killed. The gun got stuck in his face. The guy tried to fire and the weapon misfired. So by pure chance luck uh, uh, he he survived but you know you can go back and read the reports and the subsequent testimony afterwards and and even though you know we're watching the video and you can tell he's in that record groove right he's done this a hundred times before he's already set up for what he likely thinks this traffic stop is to him he's going up oh, it's another dui i'm gonna get it i gotta set up my car this way i'm gonna get him out i'm gonna walk him towards this way have the field sobriety test it's in view of the camp like all this stuff you can tell even how he approaches it but then you go to his testimony and what he had said was you know before I even before I even walked up on the car I noticed that he adjusted his mirror so that he could see me walking up yes. which is generally the opposite because it was at night. So he had this massive, massive, what we call the wall of light of all those lights shining directly into the vehicle. So the officer can see, and if you're sitting in that pass or you're sitting in that driver's seat, that light hits your mirror and goes in your face. It's blinding. You, you can't see, but he can make out in the mirror that this guy was watching it and adjusted it. So that, that demonstrated intent on his part, even though he saw that, even though he had never seen that before in his what? entire career, exactly. he still did what he was still stuck in that loop of, I've done this before. I'm in this pattern. I'm in this routine of what occurs on a DUI stop. And he almost, almost died. So I, I, and this isn't a bash on him. It's to show how powerful that is, just how powerful that routine
1: can be. So folks, listeners, readers, watchers, whatever you're doing right now, uh, Brian just gave you a high level definition. I want to give you a street level definition. There's a TV show on, look, uh, a lot of us are locked at home. And if it wasn't for the television, we'd be, you know, uh, nothing in the house is strong enough that I can hang myself. So I resort to television. <laughs> you get what I'm
0: trying to say? Uh, I've, so, I've survived COVID uh, purely because of structural integrity and nothing. Do, do you understand the issues in engineering here? Oh, so uh, the two things That's, that are uh, this playing su- out Suicide Awareness Week, folks. There's great. Thank you. We've comment. all
1: thought of it, man. So so on the television, in a continuous loop, I got the Sportsman Channel, which I'm getting for free, and then Game Show Network, because I love trivia. You know that, Brian. So there's a show on, and if I'm getting it right, it's called America Says with John Michael Higgins, uh, who's the guy from uh, acapella group movies. He's really a oh. funny guy. Also, best of show and stuff. You know? Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And- I know who
0: you're talking about. Yeah, yeah,
1: You know who I'm talking about. He's yeah. hilarious. So yeah. uh, uh, what, it, what it is, is they'll, they'll give a blank, kind of like the old match game but they have four people that are lined up and they say, okay, so America says this. And then for the, for the final round, uh, they'll say, okay, so when I go to the beach, I never want to forget my blank one answer, two answer, three answer, four answer. Yeah. The people watch this, go to this show and watch it just one time. The people in their mind spin the Rolodex and come up on what they think the answer is specifically the ones where it's only one answer and they've got to get it quickly because they have a countdown clock. Right. So, um, I, I hate strong blank, and the answer is C for coffee, right? But they don't know that yet, so they're waiting, and the guy goes, okay, the answer uh, to the blank is, and now they show it. When you see the person read the clue, and in their mind, they thought it was coffee, and it's not, all of a sudden you hear a, but de- uh and there's a break, and all of a sudden they go, uh, hornet, and it's not even close. Why? Because that file folder spun yeah. and it came up blank. Blank. So what? So what? So if you protract that out to the real world, that all of a sudden this minor collision turns into the guy two weeks ago that walked out and shot the other guy. Uh, uh, minimal damage, everything else, but his cup was full, Brian. Stress fractures were going. Listen, you don't know when your brain is going to come up on that where the guy goes, you want to die today? And all of a sudden you're going, holy crap, uh, what's the answer? You know, answer, line, you're yelling over your shoulder. That's where training steps in. Muscle memory is a good part of training. Load, clear, reduce stoppage. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Uh, Increase distance, cover and concealment. But it's not all. You got to have that cognitive uh, uh, training as well, Brian. And cognitive training and and part test training and practical application, rehearse for real events. And it doesn't have to be a specific event. Your brain will create myelin increases and say, this is close enough. That's when a routine can
0: save us. All right. Well, I think that's a kind of a, a, a pretty good place to to come bring it in for a landing so to speak, I guess uh uh sticking with no pilot pilot analogies and motorcycle riding analogies and and suicide uh, and, and, and Greg, Greg just doesn't doesn't have strong enough rope uh the is is what he's telling us, but um, unless you have something to add onto that, Greg, I think that'd be kind of a, a good spot to take away from just understanding the fact that it, it's the, this is a good two sides of the same coin, right? We need routines, or we literally need them for survival. We need them so we don't burn excess calories. We need them to get more things done in a day. We need them because they're beneficial to us. But understanding that there's there's two sides to that coin, and the other side being is those same. Routines are what lead us into danger. They are what get us killed. They are uh, uh, not, you know, trusting a bear too much, uh, right? For, for for your example at the beginning, but but that's exactly how it occurs. So I think just one step one is always the awareness of it, right? Exactly. Uh, okay, I have to at least know that that this is going in, and and that's one of the big things I've tried to. Um, I tell people sometimes just like driving around with you whenever we're on the road together and we're doing stuff and I'm driving and you're calling stuff out and then I'm calling stuff out that I see and you're getting better eye on it because I have to focus on driving or whatever it is, right? And and it's just being fascinated with your environment around you and and creating that explanatory storyline and going, as we're pulling into the gas station, oh, guy coming around the back, hey, maybe it's enough to at least go to a different gas station or something, you know, and not fall into that same routine yep. of doing stuff. But, but knowing that you will, and I think just having a plan saying, hey, you know what? I, am i going down this path for the wrong reason or is this just another uh, routine that i can go down and i, I think that alone uh, will will taking that second to think about it is it can will will literally save your life
1: yep that yep. acknowledgement and getting uh to spend some time even if it's a matter of minutes or hours doing a ride along with a trained mentor that knows what they're talking about and showing you certain things will cause the scales to fall from your eyes and you'll see your situation like never before and routines can be your best friend or they can get you killed.
0: All right. Well, on that, I think it's a good place to wrap. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Always check the episode details and and some links. We're going to throw some stuff up in there. We got more webinars and stuff coming up soon. Uh, still free. If you're not following us on social media, you're following out or you're you're missing out a lot. Uh, for those of you just have kind of just started listening to us to uh left of greg at gmail.com. Any questions or stuff you want to go over or you want us to talk about, please email me and and thanks for uh sharing our stuff. If you enjoy this uh podcast, you think it's good information, uh scroll down to the bottom where you can rate it, give it five stars. It does help liking stuff, sharing stuff. Uh it actually helps us out a lot. It kind of gets the message out there. And again, we want to be able to continue providing great content for free. We've got some partnerships with other folks coming up that we're excited about. Uh, if you haven't, uh, checked out Dr. Carlos on his YouTube channel, please check that stuff out as well. I'll put links up to it, but we're going to be doing more stuff with him in the future. And it's gonna be really cool. I think if you're listening, you're going to enjoy it. So
1: cool, cool article in, uh, this month's Budo international magazine about Arcadia, Brian, maybe, uh, maybe throw that link up. I think you'd be interested
0: folks. That'll definitely be down in the episode details. So check that out too, folks. It's pretty cool. There's some great photos of us kind of in action too that, that I dig. There's a great one of Shelly that I love because she, she, she's training a group of soldiers, but you could also tell she's about to be like, all right, listen, I told you this already. <laughs> she's about she's to, about to do the nomination. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, man. Well, thanks uh, everyone for listening in. Don't forget that training changes behavior. Thanks for tuning in, folks. If you would like some more information about what we talked about today, you can head to the Left of Greg Patreon site where we've added some more information about what we discussed as well as some examples of how you can practically apply some of the lessons learned. Please remember to tell your friends about the show and follow us on Facebook at HBPRA. Thanks again and be safe.